Timothy chapter 4. And our text is going to be verse number 7 through 8. If you've been serving the Lord for some time, uh, you, you probably can recite this verse. You probably have it down by memory or whatever the case. You've probably heard many, many messages. I preach quite a few different messages with this text. But I'm going to preach from 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to pull out verse number 7 and verse number 8. If you have it, say, I got it. And I want to begin to read. It reads, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me only, but also to all who have longed his appearing. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We pray, God, for supernatural. We pray for an outpouring. We pray for fresh anointing, God, to fall upon us. Father, we don't want to be the same, God. We know that this is doesn't matter how well we start, but rather how strong we finish, God. And I pray that we know we're in a fight for our life. We're going to fight to the finish, God. And I pray that you would be glorified in, in and through our lives and everything that is said today, that you would have your way, that, Father, it would be edifying and encouraging and it would build us up. Father, just speak to our hearts and allow your word to find residence within our lives. And, Father, that you would be glorified. We ask this, and I need you, God. We all need you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. The title of my message is Fight to the Finish. Fight to the Finish. I don't know if you like boxing or you like MMA or you like wrestling or you like any of those type of sports. Some people think they're not of God because they're so violent. But how many guys know if you study the Bible, especially the Old Testament, God is a God of war, right? God is a God of war. So, but you know, I, I'm not going to say that it is of God or it isn't of God, you know, for each their own. But I like, you know, I like competitive one-on-one -on -one matches like that. I like boxing. I really don't care for wrestling, but I like MMA. I like boxing. You know, I like to see a good fight. Anybody ever, you know, been in a good fight yourself? Anybody? Come on, loosen up just a little bit. Who's been in a good fight? Anybody been in a good fight before? And, you know, uh, many times we see that, you know, whether we grew up and we were in some good brawls, some good fights, or, or whether we, you know, we seen one on, uh, in, in school or in, you know, when we were incarcerated or, you know, within the family. Amen. You seen any good fights in the family? Right? We, we, come on, some, somebody loosen up. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Have you seen them? You know, we, we've seen many, many times and many things uh, growing up. And no matter our background, we've seen some good fights. But I don't know if you've ever seen a fight where at the beginning of the fight, somebody is getting, you know, beat up a little bit. And you, you know what I'm talking about? They're getting beat up just a little bit. You know, it looks like they're ready to get, get ready to get knocked out or tap or give up. Right. But all of a sudden, it's like they get this second win. All of a sudden, it's like something uh, happens to them on the inside or or they get this, uh, uh, you know, this extra strength or whatever the case. And they end up beating that individual up. Right. Have you been there before? Well, Paul, the apostle in the word of God in Second Timothy four, seven and eight, it talks about being in a good fight. This is a good fight. This is the fight of your life. This is not talking about flesh and blood, but this is talking about for all eternity. This is talking about our soul. 
We're fighting for ours. You're fighting for your family, for your marriage, for your kids. You're fighting for the ministry. You're fighting for the kingdom of God. You're fighting this morning. And it's a good fight. I'm going to read it again. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. See, this portion of letter was written by Paul to Timothy while he was waiting for his final execution. See, even in his last few days of his life, Paul the Apostle, Timothy's spiritual father, if you may, he's inspired by God to pen this letter while he's incarcerated. And he begins to challenge Timothy. And he lets Timothy know, Timothy, I'm ready to be executed. I'm ready to be martyred for my faith. But I want to let you know that you're in the fight of your life. You got to fight to the finish. You got to roll up your sleeves and keep the boots on. And you got to throw down for yours because there's a devil and he wants to take you out. And the same is being echoed over 2,000 years to us. We're in a fight for our lives. We're, we have to fight. There's family members that we have that don't know Jesus yet. There's individuals that you work with that don't know Jesus yet. And God perhaps might have just saved you that you may witness it and reach out to them. We have to learn to fight for those that don't know how to fight just yet. You know, we, if, you have a, uh, if you have any little brothers or sisters, you know, if, if anybody messed with them because they were small and perhaps didn't know how to fight yet, you would back them up and you would, you would fight for them if you had to. Well, what about spiritually speaking? You have people that are in your family, people in the workplace, people in the same school that you go to that don't know how to fight yet. And God has saved you and delivered you and he's taught you to fight. And it's about time that we begin to fight for others. We're in a fight for our lives. We're in a fight here this morning and this is the best fight that you'll ever be in. See, there's some things that we need to know in order to be successful in this fight. The first thing that we know and we realize from our text is, is you better fight. You better fight. There, there's no time to give up. There, there's never the right time to quit. There, there's no time to tap. There's no time to run. There's no time to sell out on the Lord. We have to remain in this fight, and we better fight today. See, you need to fight. You need to fight to live. As long as you live in this world, every day it seems like it's a battle. How many can say amen? amen. This, this wicked world that we live in, it's not getting any better. It's like going from bad to worse to worse. And if there is such a word, which I know there's not, even worser. Right? It's going from bad to worse to worser. But in spite of what takes place in this world, this wicked world that we live in, we're not of this world. And we don't fight with the weapons of this world. We fight with the power of God, with the Spirit of God. And that's why we're victorious here today. See, you want to have a good life? Who wants to have a good life? You have to fight for it. 
You want to have a godly spouse, anybody, you better fight for it. You want a good job, you want to finish school, you even got to fight for that. You want your kids to serve God, everybody's to say amen. You want your kids to serve God, you better fight for them. See, we're quick to fight for them physically. If somebody comes messing with your kids, you're ready to take your shirt off. You're ready to tie the hair up, take the earrings out, and say, you ain't messing with my kid. We're ready to do that physically, but we're not talking about fighting and throwing down physically this morning. We're talking about spiritually. When's the last time you cried out for your kids? When's the last time you stood up all night? When's the last time you fasted for your children? Say, oh man, no, Pastor, you had me until you said fasted. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I can't give up a meal. You can't give up a meal or two for the soul of your children. We have to fight for our kids who can say praise the Lord. See, a person who fears is not fit to live. You're not ready to live like the saying goes until you're ready to die. See, spiritually speaking, the child of God has three foes or three fools or three enemies, whatever you want to call them. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil, the world system. Not like the ozone layer in the world and the planet Earth and all that other stuff, but the world's system. See, the, the world is always trying to impact us and change us. The world and the way that they think and they believe, they, they, they want to creep into the church as well. They want, just because the world doesn't, those that are without God, those that aren't serving God, those that have not accepted God, just because they live a certain way does not mean that we have to live that way. Just because they believe some crazy stuff, just because it's okay in the world's eyes for, for the same-sex marriage, it's not okay for the children of God to believe in the same-sex marriage. You know, just because the world does something doesn't mean that it's okay. How many can say amen? So the world, the world's values and its system, it, it, wants, to, it wants to creep into the church. You know, it, it wants to infiltrate the church. But how many guys know that, that we're not called to let the world impact us, but we're called to impact the world? Come on, we're supposed to set the pace. We're supposed to be changing the world for the honor and the glory of God. It's not the other way around. The world shouldn't change the church. The church is supposed to help change the world. We're supposed to reach the world for the honor and the glory of God, not the other way around. Then you have the flesh. The flesh, and if you want a verse for that, John 17, 14, as far as the world. Then the flesh, Galatians 5, 17. This old wicked man. How many guys know this flesh, this garden, this, this old man is ugly, right? There's nothing good in this old man. The flesh, if you feed this flesh, this, this, this thing will become a monster. It'll devour you. The, whatever you feed is the one that's going to overcome the other. You're either going to feed the Spirit of God that's inside of you, or you're going to feed this flesh. This flesh is no good. This flesh is going to be left here. It's going to go back to the ground, back to the dirt. But the Spirit that lives inside of us, we have to feed the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God would overcome and conquer this old flesh. How many guys know the Bible says that we have to, you know, crucify the flesh daily? And how many guys know that, that to crucify, you know, the cross is a symbol of death. Otherwise, we've got to kill this old man, this old woman every day of our lives. Because our old mind wants to think crazy at times. We're like, man, you know what, I'm doing pretty good now. 
you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm in a, my own place now. I'm not renting from mom or dad no more. I'm not living with grandma or Theo or Tia no more. I got my own little place. I'm doing okay now. You know, uh, I got my own little hoopty now, amen. Uh, I may have to put oil once a week, but I still got my own car, amen. You know, I got my own job. I'm not on AFDC no more. I ain't seen an EBT card, you know, I don't know how long. I'm doing pretty good. But how many guys know that no matter the blessings of God, no matter where God has brought us from, we have to be grateful and thankful and we have to say, God, it's only because of you and nothing else. God, without you, I'll be back where I used to be. The flesh, this old flesh, we have to kill it sometimes. The Bible says daily, but how many guys know we have to kill it sometimes three, four, five times in the same day, right? Uh, or is it just me? I got to kill this thing. I wake up. I got to kill it to get out of bed. Amen, somebody. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I got to kill this thing. Like, man, I got to go to the office, right? Man, I got to, anybody, I got to go to work today. Tell the truth, right? This morning, man, I got to go to church this morning, right? We got to kill this old man, this wicked man, this flesh, the old woman. We have to kill it every day of our life. Because if this thing continues to grow, it's going to overcome us. And we'll be doing things we never thought we would do again. So every day, three times, four times, however many times, we must kill. Everybody say kill. This old flesh. And then the devil. In 1 Peter 5.8, you can look at that later if you want. But the devil. The devil in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. This old devil that has been around since almost the beginning of time. He knows how to hit us. He knows where to hit us. He knows how to get to us. And he does not fight fair. See, not only are we in a good fight, but we're not even in a fair fight. The devil, the devil will hit you in ways you never dreamed, hoped, or imagined. He'll hit you where you never thought you had that little sensitive part to you. He'll hit you in areas that, that you never knew you even had. And he'll hit you, and he'll hit you, and he'll hit you, and he'll hit you. And the whole time, he doesn't hit you just once expecting to get to you. But he constantly, faithfully, everybody say faithful. He faithfully will keep hitting you in that area with the hopes and the expectations that it's just a matter of time before you're going to give in. And if you're not feeding the spirit of the living God that's inside of you, it's just a matter of time before you fall in, before you cave in, before you give in. And before you know it, you're, you're engulfed in that sin. And before you know it, you're trapped once again. That's what he wants you to be. He wants to ensnare you. He wants to trap you. He wants to kill and destroy and steal your joy. And we can't be individuals that are, you know, uh, uh, not uh, aware of his schemes. But no matter what, how many guys know that we're still going to fight? Come on, I said, if you're going to fight, come on, get excited for Jesus this morning. This is not an easy fight. I hope nobody ever told you in my church, in our church, that, you know what, just give your life to God and everything's going to be okay. Give your life to the Lord and everything will be easy. Ain't nothing easy about it. What God are you serving? 
Because I've been fighting every day of my life, going on 20 years this June. I've been serving God, and every day's been a fight. But it's a good fight. You know, when you, man, when you see, you know, uh, and the thing about it is like, you, you got, we got Jesus, amen? We're, we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from it, like the saying goes. The victory, when Jesus said it is finished, we already got the victory. So victory is already ours. All we got to do is stay in the fight. You may get beat up a little bit, but stay in the fight. Because no matter what, if you get knocked down, it's okay. Because Jesus steps into the ring and he reaches down and he picks you back up again. And he cleans you up. And all of a sudden he gives you that extra boost that you need to keep fighting the good fight of the faith. But you better fight though. Ain't nobody going to quit in here, amen? Ain't no quitting in here, right? It's too soon to quit. But we're in a good fight. And Paul, he encouraged, he's encouraging his son in the faith to fight a good fight. And God wants us to be good fighters as well. See, Paul here is a picture of a faithful soldier. Every faithful soldier is called to fight in battle. Paul had fought his battles for Christ. And Paul had been victorious through Christ. The only way we're, we're victorious is not because of ourselves. It's not because of how strong we are or we aren't. It's not how, you know, how intellectual we are or we aren't. It's not how spiritual we are or we aren't. It's just that we know we got Jesus living on the inside. And because he lives on the inside, ain't no weapon out there able to overcome you. See, he, he separated himself. He separated himself from the world and gave his total commitment to Christ. See, he suffered for Christ. He had fought for the kingdom of God. And he fulfilled his mission to the very end. I pray that that's our, our hopes and our prayers and our dreams as well. That we would fight to the very end. That we would fight to the finish. That no matter how many times we get knocked down, that we get up one more time. That there's one more round in us. That there's still a little bit of fight in us. And that we believe that with God, we will come out victorious. See, are you fighting the good fight? See, we've been through some, some difficulties. Anybody been through some difficulties? We've been through some dark valleys. We, we, we've been wounded and scarred. Anybody been hurt lately? We have shed tears and experienced hearts broken. But through it all, we, we've learned that God is still faithful. I said through it all that no matter the dark valleys, no matter the defeats, no matter the scars or the tears, that God is still faithful. He's still faithful. So we have to learn that greater is He, like I said earlier, that is in us than He that is in the world. That we can do all things through Christ because he gives us the strength. That we're more, not just, uh, we're more than conquerors. I would have been fine with just knowing the fact that I'm a conqueror. But we're more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. So what does that tell us? That tells us that no matter what the enemy may bring, that he's a defeated foe, that he's been conquered already, that he's under our feet, and he has no weapon that will be able to overcome us. We're more than conquerors. See, the attacks of the devil have been relentless on some of our lives. How many can say amen? 
The same could be said of Paul the Apostle. And through it all, he had fought a good fight. Even to his dying breath, he was still a fighter. The second thing we have to, in order to fight to the finish, is, is we need to finish. You need to finish. You need to finish. Paul, in writing young Timothy, is very straightforward in what he has to say. His words seem to be filled with encouragement and assurance that he could finish the course. In, in 2 Timothy 2.1, he says, be strong. And then 2.3, he says, endure hardness. In 2.5, he says, strive. And then in 2.10, he says, endure all things. And that's echoing to us today. God is telling us to be strong. He's telling us to endure hardness, to strive, and to endure all things. That's the only way we're going to finish, beloved. It's the only way we're going to finish is if we learn to endure, that we learn to continue to finish and strive forward. I came across this and I added this in my message. I hope you like it. I know I did. An artist in Mexico lost his right hand while working on a statue. But he did not give up his work. He learned to carve with his left hand. His beautifully finished masterpiece was called In Spite Of. And that became well known throughout history. See, you have to be an individual that, in spite of the difficulties, you still finished this fight. In spite of the roughness that you had to endure, you still pressed on. In spite of the sickness, in spite of the hard times, in spite of the enemy, in spite of the attacks, in spite of you, whatever it is you went through, that you continue to press forward and you continue to fight to the finish. See, everything that we've done up until now will be in vain if we don't finish this fight. See, I knew some that, that never finished what they started, whether it was in school, in work, in almost every area of their lives, even in their relationship with God. They start off real well. They have all the charisma. They have all, you know, the gifts, per se, the talents, the ability. They have all the know-it-all. They, they, they're just, they get, they're gifted. We would love to have some of the stuff they got. But they come in and they blow in and they blow up, but they blow right out. Because they didn't have that in spite of mentality. You know, they didn't have that no matter what comes against me, hell or high water, I will stay in this fight. I will stay on the battlefield. They left no matter what came their way, they gave up. We have to have that type of mentality that we're going to finish. I'd rather you come in struggling at the beginning. I'd rather you be known as a sipping saint once in a while. That you're a puffing prophet every so often. But you have a hunger and a desire and a willingness to say, God, I don't want to be like this no more. Take this from me. Then somebody to come in and they're able to use words of eloquence. They're able to dance around a pulpit. Charisma will get you noticed, but your character is what keeps you. See, you could come in here and you could use all that and you could dance and you could sing and you could shout. I don't care how high you jump. I want to see how you're going to land. That's what matters. It's not how we start, but beloved, it's how we finish. I didn't have a good start. I backslid in 92 three times and every time I backslid, I almost went back to prison. 
I went back to my vomit. I went back to my muck. I ended up incarcerated all over again. Oh, but finally, I said, you know what, God? I don't want to live like this no more. And I meant it on the inside. And God heard the cry of my heart. And I'm here to tell you that I desire to finish strong. I didn't have a good start. Maybe you never backslid. I hope you never do. But I backslid. I fell on my face. You know what vomit tastes like? It don't taste too good. I went back to my vomit, not once, not twice, thrice, amen, like Peter. Three times, I went back to my vomit, shackled like a dog, like an animal all over again. Uh, chasing the dragon all over again. Back to the same neighborhood, doing the same thing. Now, you may not come from that lifestyle, but whatever it was that you were a sinner doing, I'm here to tell you that you can go back to that, and you have to taste the same vomit that I had to taste. You don't have to go through that, though. You may have had a rough start, but finish strong. Say, man, at the beginning of my salvation, it may have been rough. But glory to God, as long as I stay humble, as long as I continue to trust in the Lord, as long as I stay open and teachable, God will take me from glory to glory to glory. See, I know some also who started to be faithful Christians, but today they no longer serve the Lord. But the Bible encouraged, it's encouraging us to continue until the end. In Matthew 24, 13, it says, But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. In Hebrews 6, 15, Abraham, after he patiently endured, obtained the promise. Hebrews eleven twenty seven, Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews 12, 2, Christ endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In James 1.12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for he shall receive the crown of life. James 5.11, we count them happy which endure. In all these verses, we see that we're going to have to endure. If you want to obtain everything that God has from you for you, you're going to have to have some endurance in you. You're going to have to have some stick to that no matter what, I'm going to endure. I'll become all that God has in store. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not going back to what I used to do, but I'm going to endure all the way to the end. Yes, you're going to fail. Yes, you're going to blow it. But your life is not over. You're not a has-been. You're still a will-be. God still has a plan, a purpose, a destiny for your life. When are we going to rise up and go after it? No matter what comes against us. Anything that's worth something is going to cost something. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to endure for it. Everybody say endure. Come on, say endure. See, we need to get our minds off of our troubles, our problems. And our burdens. We need to lift up our heads and with spiritual vision see the finish line. We need to see what God has called us to be. We need to see it and say, you know what, man? I am going to be a godly father. I am going to be a godly husband. I am going to be a man of God. I am going to graduate the home. I am going to be set free. I am going to be changed. As a matter of fact, I am already all those things because God looks at us as a finished product already. See, we look at as we are, but when God looks at us, he sees it already done. And that's the thing. We have to have more of an eye in a king like God and say, you know what, man, uh, we look at each other and see us 
as God has created us to be. Say, man, yes, we may make mistakes. Yes, we may fall on our face, but we'll get up every time and we'll endure to the end. How many can say praise the Lord? See, the finish line is just ahead and we're, we're going down the stretch, many of us, as we, you know, mature a little bit. Amen. <laughs> we're getting closer to our finish line. We're getting closer. We're on the last stretch, many of us. We have made many sacrifices throughout our lives and faced many battles. Everything that we've done up till now will be all in vain if we don't finish what we started. If we don't stay in this battle. If we don't fight to the finish. I don't know. There's a fancy saying out there. You may like it or you may not. I know that every crown we get is going to be cast to the feet of Jesus. But maybe we'll just get to wear them for a moment. Amen. But there are no crown wearers in heaven who were not cross bearers here below. You got to bear that cross. You got to carry that cross. If you want to receive the crown of life. How many can say amen? And lastly, real quick, is you must keep the faith. Paul also said, I've kept the faith. The idea here is probably similar to that of 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, where it reads, do, not, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it as my slaves so that after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified for the price see to keep your faith you need to train yourself Paul said I beat my body and make it my slave in the same way Christians must undergo training to keep their faith the athletes know that their strength is not always a guarantee of success faith and character are always necessary see Paul lives with God until the end of his life the Israelites are faithless when the spies saw the people in Canaan they were afraid of their size they said people living there are too strong we seem like grasshopper in our own eyes this hinders them to to enter Canaan the land of promise see when the Israelites they saw Goliath they said oh he's big we can't beat him. But David, full of faith, when he saw Goliath, he said, Oh, he's big. I can't miss him. See, to keep your faith, you need to check your focus. What's your focus this morning? What's your focus? I know it's tax season and everybody's all smiley and googly this morning. Like, oh, it's raining a little bit. It's taxi. But what's your focus? What's your focus? Are you kingdom focused? Are you ministry minded? Are you wanting to build the kingdom of God? Is God first in your life? Paul said, I don't fight like a man beating the air. In 2 Timothy of our text in 4.8, it says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. See, as believers, the Bible is always telling us to fix our eyes on Jesus. This will not only help us to endure, but to win to the end, all the way to the end like Jesus Christ. See, the problem that a lot of people have is they come to church and, you know, God touches them and they surrender their lives to the Lord. And they're so focused on the Lord. And they're focused on the Lord and their dependence and their reliance and everything is in the Lord. But all of a sudden we begin to put them on man. 
And when we start looking at our brothers and sisters, do we forget that they're just as human as you and I? Do we forget that they make mistakes, they get upset, they get angry, they have a little jealousy, they hate, forgive the terminology, once in a while, they hate as well? Do we forget? But the problem is, is God never tells us to focus on one another. Our focus has to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. The Bible's always telling us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. But like I said, the, the sad area is, is we always look at, forgive me, leaders, the members, the church building, See, Jesus was despised, he was betrayed, he suffered and crucified by those he loves. Yet he was able to say, it is finished. See, in our text, Paul speaks of the present. He looked forward to his reward, a crown of righteousness. See, in the ancient Olympic games, in their style of games, the winner received a laurel wreath, not a gold medal. The wreath had little value in and of itself. Its worth came from the occasion and the hand that made it. See, heaven is not first about gates of pearl and golden streets. It is about the presence of the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be with me. For the one that loves God, the presence of God is the ultimate reward. Let me say that again. For the one that loves God, the presence of God, that's the ultimate reward. That's what we're doing this for, right? Is that we would wake up in glory. That we would finally meet Jesus face to face. That's our reward. Not a gold medal. Not a, a wreath. Not none of those things. But ultimately being able to wake up in the presence of the Lord. That's our ultimate reward. See... The words of this scripture, this text, it gives us a beautiful picture of Paul, the prisoner, so near the end of his life. He is calm as he waits during his last hours in a dark cell. His words refer to the past, present, and future. He says, I have fought a good fight. The time of my departure is at hand. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul the Apostle says, I fought, I finished, and I stayed faithful to the end. I don't know about you, but that's my desire. And you know, it seems to not get easier at times because the years go by, but it gets more difficult. I have to endure just a little bit more. And then you think you got it down and then something else arises and pops up. You got to endure just a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, your marriage was just fine. Then all of a sudden, you got to endure just a little bit more. All of a sudden, those little babies that are beautiful, that love to sing little children's chapel songs next door, they're teenagers. You got to endure just a little bit more. All of a sudden, we get up in age a little bit. Our mind is telling us that we can still run, you know, a 5.0, 40-yard dash or whatever. Whatever, I don't know what's quick. I don't even think I can run a 5.0. Amen, somebody. My mind tells me I can, but my body is saying otherwise. I can still run. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm still young, right? Come on, right? So, amen, somebody. 
But my mind tells me I'm a lot quicker than I really am. And you'll see Saturday when we're playing softball. I feel like I'm running fast, but everybody's like, come on, Pastor, a little bit fast. Hurry up, Pastor. And I'm stumbling and falling and rolling. And But my mind, come on, I'm not the only one. My mind tells me I could run, right? But my body does not add up to what my mind is telling me. Right, Ray? Ray knows, man. You think I'm slow. Wait till you see this brother Saturday. Amen. <laughs> he don't run. <laughs> he jog. <laughs> but Paul the Apostle, he said, I fought, I kept the faith, and I remain faithful. I fought, I finished, and I kept the faith. We got to continue to fight. We got to finish. And we got to keep the faith. In other words, remain faithful. Why don't we all stand? Fight to the finish. You better fight. You have to finish. And you must keep the faith. I have a true story a while back at one of the uh, college championships the national championship a while back before the national championship game a coach he gave a speech to encourage his players and raise them to another level gave this speech to all his players and he was trying to motivate them and challenge them to raise them to another level in that speech he asked the players a very powerful powerful question and this is what he asked them he asked them what do you want to be remembered for and that was pertaining to a game and it humbles me and it breaks me because that means a lot to me because I don't want to be one that was known to to start this church and be here for four years, five years, ten years, but not finish. So he asked his players, what do you want to be remembered for? See, life is more important than a game. Life is more challenging than a game. Life is more rewarding than a game. So let me ask you a question this morning as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. What do you want to be remembered for? What is it that you want to leave behind when you pass from this life to the next? What is it that you want to be remembered for? Just marinate on that. Just give that some thought just for a moment. Honestly, what do you want to be remembered for? Do you want to be remembered just for your house? Do you want to be remembered just for the type of car which there's nothing wrong with the house or a car? What type of car you drive? Do you want to be remembered for how much money per se that you leave your family? What is it that you want to be remembered for? I can only speak for myself. But what I want to be remembered for is a man that loved God. 
a man that loved his wife, a man that loved his children and his grandchildren, a man that loved fulfilling God's call upon his life. I want to be known as one that was willing to fight, go to battle. I'm willing to go to battle, go to war with you. I want to be one that's known that, that finished whatever it is that God had called me to start. And I want to be known as one that keeps the faith, or even better yet, remains faithful in spite of what comes my way. I want to be like that artist that lost his right hand. And he finished that masterpiece with his left hand. And he named that masterpiece in spite of. I want to be known as an individual that in spite of what came my way, in spite of the persecution, in spite of the tragedy, the crises, in spite of the battle, in spite of the struggles, in spite of the mistakes, in spite of the hurts, in spite of whatever it is that I continue to endure to the end. But what is it that you want to be remembered for? Where are you at this morning? Are you even in this fight? Are you fighting for your family? Are you fighting for your marriage? Are you fighting for your kids, future grandkids that you don't even have yet? Are you fighting? Are you going to finish this fight? And are you going to stay faithful to the Lord? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I just want to be able to, Father, continue to do all that you've created me to do. Father, I'm learning on the fly. I'm still growing. I'm still maturing. I'm never going to arrive until I get to heaven, Lord. But one thing, in spite of whatever comes my way, in spite of my mistakes, my failures, in spite of the difficulties, God, I still want to press forward and endure to the end. Father, let me fight, God. I, I'm in this to the end. Let me finish what you started in my life. And Father, let me stay faithful to you. That's my prayer this morning, God. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If that's you this morning, these altars are open as they begin to worship the Lord.